Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of direct-to-video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly under. This week, we watched Do or Die. Die, federal secret agents Donna, played by Donna Spear, and Nicole, played by Roberto Vasquez, are confronted by a Japanese crime boss nicknamed Kane, played by Pat Morita. Kane tells the duo that they are now part of a game where the only objective is to survive attacks from six different teams of hired assassins. Screenplay by Andy Sedaris, directed by Andy Sedaris, and released on June 28, 1991. Now, I'm assuming that you have not seen this movie before. No, I have not. <laughs> We've seen one other Andy Sedaris movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know why we watched that one anymore. I think we were um, bored. Yeah, I just don't know how that one specifically came up. So we want, we've watched Hard <laughs> Ticket to Hawaii Maybe it was like on some list or like we saw a clip of it or something and decided to watch it. I don't know. I did not realize that all of these were connected until we started watching this movie and I was like doing the research of this stuff. I thought they were just, you know, separate stories. And I guess they basically are, but virtually all of them contain Donna and Nicole as their primary characters. Yeah. And there's some carryover as well. What confuses things a lot is that there's also a lot of the same actors from movie to movie who are playing people with the same name, but they're different people because they die (laughs) in certain other movies. So that makes things a little bit more difficult to understand the connection for. But yeah. Yeah, or they play a totally different character in an earlier movie. Like, I I saw that Eric Estrada was in another movie and he played a different character. So yeah, it's and the character of Kane. I I was reading. I read two different articles about like the history and lore. Okay. Of you you did a deep dive of something that probably does not deserve a deep dive. Well, because yeah. I needed to know. I don't because I don't know. I need because it's like six movies basically. This is like this. I don't know. This is the one of six. One. One, two, for the three, lethal four, five. This is agents. the sixth. Yeah. Yeah, this is the sixth. Hard Ticket, which is the only one that we've seen, it is the second one. Malibu Express is, is the first, the first one. Yeah. But yeah. the Kane character eventually comes back, and it's a different actor. I mean, that, that, that kind of makes sense. I mean, Pat Marita did not look like he was having a very good time. I was like really weirded out seeing him in this, <laughs> like him like it was any sort of sexual yeah uh, nature like attached making to him. out yeah. and even having sex with someone. I was like, this is turning me off. <laughs> yeah, and I was, it was strange. 
Mr. Miyagi, he's not allowed to, like, be a sexual human being. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, I mean, to be fair, it really wasn't all sexual. Look, watching it, like, I don't, I can't imagine anybody would be, like, turned on watching those scenes with him, but, you know, whatever. Um, or, like, any of them. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so yeah, this is this is a movie that um, this, had this more... is like the epitome of what I would expect a direct-to-video movie to be. Yeah, this had more sex scenes than Hard Ticket, from what I remember. It's possible. I really don't remember Cause... all that much. Hard, I, I remember Hard Ticket being more enjoyable than this one. Yeah, I think with the whole... Uh, snake thing. <laughs> yeah, there's it's, a lot more like outlander stuff that happened. Yeah, that which one. made it this... fun. This is just like a wannabe Charlie's Angels, but like. Also, like pseudo running man. Okay. You know, because you have like the man is the uh, whatever ultimate game or something. You know what I mean? Like the idea of, in this case, actually two women, oh, but you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the idea of like. You know, they're being hunted around the globe by various different people. That's very Running Man. It's just not televised. So, I don't know. I think what ruined this one for me is the sameness of it. There's so many long chase scenes, and there was nothing unique about the different teams. It was just, okay, now we're in this location, and we're going to chase you in a helicopter, and now we're going to chase you on a motorbike or in a car or with jet skis, but it's the exact same sequence every single time. Just six times over. Yeah, kind of. And then There's you just nothing... add additional people on the good guy's side so they can wedge yeah, in more like sex. Yeah, like additional people. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of got bored this well, time. Me too. There were certain parts of the movie that just made me laugh. But it was yeah. like, um, from like the absurdity of it all. I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean that's intentional. I it, know. It, it, but... that, that, that's what it's trying to do, and again, that's one of the reasons why this this type of movie is like the epitome of direct to video, because you have like the action, you have the softcore nudity for the people who are definitely renting it for that type of a thing. You know, we are not the target audience for that but you know teenage boys <laughs> and like other yeah. young adults probably are uh, especially in the 90s i was wondering know. if any of his movies were on cinemax i don't know but like or even like usa of all night or something yeah some like would they off. even show i mean they, they show a lot of um what like nudity titty movies on you know, say of all night, they just blur out the, the nudity, right? So, uh, Do or Die specifically was not on USA Up All Night. I can't look it up by director, so I'd have to like search every single title on the, yeah. the list I'm trying to pull up right now. So, if I were to search for Hard Ticket, that also did not show up. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it's possible it's like on, on those channels, but I think they mostly live and died on direct um, video. VHS or whatever. Okay. Yeah, because 
Cinemax still tended to either feature ones that were created for them specifically or uh, theatrical movies. So I, I, I would be surprised if they're on there all that much. The plots don't make sense in these, and I think that's intentional as well. Yeah, it's, it's and then I was thinking, well, because it starts off in Hawaii, and I was like, oh, does he just, are all these movies in Hawaii? But, I mean, no, yeah. because they end up going to, like, well, they go to, they're eventually just in Louisiana, but... They, they go to a, a few different like locations. Like Vegas in and then Texas. At some, so I just, I thought it was going to be another Hawaii movie, but that was just the first part of the movie. And then I was yeah, wondering just the very first scene. if it's just like directly from the previous movie before this, but I, I mean, I didn't read any of the synopsis of the previous movies Besides knowing what hard ticket, besides watching Hard Ticket to Hawaii, like yeah, I don't think I, I the don't, movie you know, before you don't this. Want to ruin the plot? Yeah, right? we, yeah. We I don't. don't I didn't read the plots for the previous um, movie, but from what it looks like, the movie Guns, it just looks like a wannabe, um, Bond type situation. Yeah, where but, it probably focuses a little bit more on the male character in that specific situation. Yeah, which is Eric Estrada in it. Yeah. He's the it, lead. Which, <laughs> which is weird, because, yeah, he's definitely playing a completely different character here, in this I one. think. Right? Unless it's yeah, like yeah, he has a totally different thing. name. His name is Juan Degas in the movie before this. Okay, and he, and here he's Richard Estevez, but everyone calls him Rico. No, like yeah, that's why weird... I was like, well, did this leave off from the last movie? But I don't think that even happens at all. It, it's really tough to say. The plot moves super fast, and basically when you start out, they're at this luau, and you see a bunch of people, you know, hula dancing or whatever, and doing th their thing, and... Donna and Nicole are just sitting there having a good time at this children's fund and then right. some random thug comes up and says hey you, someone wants to talk to you and then we, we learn about Kane uh, Kaneshiro played by Pat Morita um, saying hey yeah I made a six figure donation in, in the name of you two girls but it's posthumous so I'm going to try to kill you, and here's how it's going to go down. I just why? thought that was a I really... I thought that was so weird, because I was like, why these two ladies specifically? Because he knows that there are secret they're agents, like, I guess. But, like, what is the But history? there's other it's secret agents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why, why them? I think it's because they're, like, the best of the best. Okay. Um, because, you know, because, they're, they're I mean, the leads when it... of all these movies. So and they're... then... <laughs> So then they put, okay, they put the tracker on Donna's watch and... Without her knowing it somehow. Which is so, so weird like, yeah, because they have, the microchip... They have her in like an arm lock or something. And yeah. The watch on, uh, tracker on the watch. Yeah. 
which is fun when they showed when they eventually showed her watch with the microchip I was like oh my god this microchip is so big how could you not notice yeah, that you not if you're like it. yeah it feels in the like FBI it's, it's on the underside yeah wouldn't that like mess like with a your big ass, like ruby basically yeah or I was a bulky LED light but um yeah when I saw that I started laughing <laughs> Because I was like, these people are supposed to be the best of the best, and they couldn't feel that, but whatever. What's so, also really weird is, oh yeah, and also like she never takes off the watch, and all those other times when she's like changing all of her other clothes, like whatever. I mean, uh, that's fine. What I mean, I, I mean, she's showering and getting in the hot tub like nonstop. Yeah. She's not taking off the watch to do any of that, and like having to, having to notice it's stupid. Um. I was waiting for them to explain the rules of the game. That didn't happen. No, it just, was just you know, like, like, hey, yeah, here's you're going to be part of this killing game, and it's going to start at like noon tomorrow. I'm like, okay, cool. So like, how's this going to work? And, and it literally you know, looks like some. It's just no. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> there, there's no the rules. Quote it's just game. Six teams are going to try to kill, and you have to survive. That's the quote unquote game. Yeah, and when they show the game, I was—I guess I was laughing a lot at how like cheesy it was. Oh, the graphics are amazing. Like on that. the graphics on this quote game—it's not even a game because um, Kane's uh, mistress, I guess, Silk. Silk. Mm -hmm. She just sits down. She, like she'll go to the computer every once in a while just to check where they are, like tracking them. Well, they get they get the beeps from the tracker, and yeah. then they also get beeps when someone dies. And so, when the beeps come through, she logs in and sees the names slowly move into the box, and, and that's then it. explode. <laughs> but I was like, "There, this have, is not a game, died. really. No, it's just it's, her it's watching." Not a game. It's the game is them trying to kill the two. Why it's phrased as a game, I don't know how they know that donna and nicole are going to different locations in the world like in advance i don't know because it's not just the tracker when they get to those locations there are people already set up and waiting for them that's what i was like in those how... locations so they must have known what their movements are going to be in advance for that to make any yeah. sense well they're following the tracker <laughs> But, I mean, like, the tracker is only moving as fast as they are. So when they're going to, like, the model plane show, there's already two assassins waiting at the model plane show. How would they know that that's where they were going to go? The, but how did this, how did Kane, because Kane was like, I have, like, six, six or eight, I forgot. It was six like, teams, I think, right? Yeah, six teams, that's what it was, of, like, my most... Um, experienced yeah. killers or whatever yeah and, uh, always paired up for whatever reason yeah, i guess yeah. that's one of the unspoken rules and then i forgot because there was one team that it was like ketchup and sludge or something uh hot dog and sledge oh oh god hot dog and sledge, hot dog and sledge. okay the sledge ones on the jet skis and uh, one of them is Andy Sedaris's uh, son, who is also a director. Uh, yeah, well, those were like the two cooks, of, two of the right? The series. Hmm? Were those the cooks? No, no, no. The guys on the jet skis. Oh no! I'm sorry. Hot dog and sledge were. Sorry, 
Hot Dog and Sledge were the jet ski people. Um, the ones who got killed at the lodge. Yeah. Spencer yeah. and Dudley. Spencer is, is Christian Sedaris, the son of the director. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, the, the just... ones the, the ones at the restaurant, the fake Cajun people, yeah. were Baudreau and Hebert. I don't, I don't know how I like Hebert. They're not actually Cajun. So again, like yeah. they're planted in New Orleans in advance of them arriving. Right. So that they could like pretend to be Cooks. Cajun chefs. Yeah. And installed here. This is this is like the most inept team you could possibly imagine because their whole plan was to poison them with food and if that failed they just ran like this is this is like team number three yeah this i'm just your, like, like how, how are these the top people in the world like, yeah. but and they have to like come out of the kitchen to convince them to eat the one thing that's specifically been poisoned rather yeah. than make whatever they want and then put poison yeah in we that. only have um almondine it was yeah, just catfish, like catfish almondine, almondine is the only thing that's already been pre-poisoned so you better eat that and if you want something else we're going to try to convince you otherwise that's their grand plan <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid <laughs> and but they were like no we want lemon catfish and they're like yeah. this all we have is almondine yeah but it, that, I mean, that sequence was like the most legitimately humorous yeah you know, it's like it's it's goofy in its nature but also like purposely trying to make jokes and like you know play with the accents and like you know um add some some humor elements the rest of it i think is just meant to be campy and whatever lines happen to be funny as well then that's just a bonus they're not like purposely trying to write jokes most of the time i don't think if they are, they didn't land. But yeah, that New Orleans section was weird. Um, I also think that the, the the person who's like at the head of the lodge there, who's introducing them to those uh, chefs, that yeah. is Andy Sedaris. Yeah, the the owner, I guess. The owner, yeah, the the guy who greets them at the door wearing the apron or whatever. Yeah, um, so it was just funny when they find out that the food was poisoned because like uh nicole feeds well i should say yeah nicole she feeds the cat this cat that's there uh yeah the there's just a random first. cat that just happens yeah. to come out in the restaurant for good timing right and but everyone i thought everyone else was already eating yeah, but no, they're just like fucking around with their food for their almondine for like ten minutes until the cat is able to digest it. And die yeah, and then Nicole is cutting up her catfish slowly, and then you hear like a rawr, and then all of a sudden the poor cat is dead, and that's when she's yeah. like, "Don't eat it" or whatever. But I, they were yeah. at that restaurant and they had that food for at least like. 10 15 minutes <laughs> yeah, and they were already hungry time. so i thought what, whatever i just i thought people were already eating <laughs> but then when they left when they found out that that food was poisoned there was like another couple in the background that 
they made me laugh so much that was just like what the fuck i i don't even know if they knew that they were filming a movie or something they look like really no, I, I think they're credited oh they are okay they just yeah, really ben, look confused Betty and George Williams, big pine steiner yeah they're credited in there. They just saw all these people get up and leave, and then they made this very confusing face, and then they pushed their plates they away. They pushed their food away because they, they think it might be, you know. Yeah, they have the catfish almondine. But that couple made me laugh. I mean, I guess yeah. that whole scene did. It's the best scene in the movie. I don't know. The rest I mean, of it some is of the. Just... Sex scenes really had me cracking up, and that's. Tr I mean, the the lighting of them, especially, I just, think, was. But how was they happened, like I was like, "How cake. can you have sex this <laughs> yeah. way?" And and why now, right? He's like, "Yeah, like they're at this safe house in Dallas, and then uh, <laughs> Bruce is is watching guard at night, like because they know that there are people after them." And then Nicole just happens to come out and just like rip his shirt off and like just does him like right then and there. For well, <laughs> I, that was my favorite because of the whole. <laughs> that was my favorite one. <laughs> because of the absurdity of it. Yeah, just how like she's, uh, she brings out like a bottle of tequila and then, you know, uh, the other guys like. Well, the guy is just like, Bruce. oh, we don't even have glasses or whatever. So she like chugs some, yeah. some liquor and then, you know, pours the salt on his chest and like the licking from like his belly button all the way up to like his chin. Like that yeah. whole licking took like 25 seconds long. And I'm just sitting there laughing. But... I mean, the other the other ones that made like, me laugh was... I, well, hold on. Before you okay. move on to this one, because I think what made me laugh about this the most is, like, she's completely undressing. His top is off because she ripped it. But he's, like, still fully in jeans. Yeah. She's, that's, like, I, that's why I was like, like how are these people actually... If, like, actually happening. Yeah. But, like, doing no, it. He, like, you can clearly see, like, his jeans have not come off at all. <laughs> so she's just, like completely miming it and it was pretty hilarious yeah but the the other sex scene that had me cracking up was the one with eric estrada and donna yeah. spear where he's basically just like whipping her around a pool yeah it's just like yeah her fondling hair in the pool and like that's one of the ones i was talking about with the lighting with it because it's it has the backlight that's like shining through and the glistening off the water and everything I mean, uh, obviously, like, the director is just, like, whip your hair back and forth in the pool and try to look sexy, but... Yeah. I'm just, like, the way that Eric Estrada was, like, holding His her... reactions, too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was just laughing. And I guess the other I, one was the, the couple in the waterfall. <laughs> yes, I was just gonna say, yeah. Uh, you have... It was Shane and Atlanta Lee... Uh, so like yeah they just add more people to this equation as time goes on so they can yeah, have Atlanta more Lee. people paired up <laughs> so yeah because everyone has to be paired for, like, up weapons. it has to be a guy and a girl and they're like in the jungle or something like looking for weapons that have been deposited by the government 
and then they just happen to come across this waterfall and they just start making out and like undressing and, and they start to just like they're just like oh a look waterfall. a waterfall let's yeah <laughs> do it immediately i'm so turned on now forget <laughs> about the danger is water but yeah i mean i guess those three were like the most absurd but i mean and then the others i think the only other one i can think of is his Edie and lucas so lucas is like the handler he's like the charlie of charlie's angels but you see him and he's active in the whole situation right Edie is the girlfriend who's also kind of a like, singer yeah uh in new orleans and so like he comes and meets her i i That's don't like know it's kind of like a fun little sequence of her uh performing the the song something like yeah, that down in the bayou and uh, is... i mean that was kind of a fun little segment i actually like that song <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, I like the little dance it's like you know but um shitty but like in a fun way yeah but, um but then yeah, like as she... soon as the scene's over like they just cut to them having sex with like no pretense at all like there's no preamble no conversation ahead of time it's just like nope we're, we're gonna cut to a uh sex yeah scene. which it kind of reminded me of but yeah the movie cybernator where it was just you know the guy and then this his stripper girlfriend were like they were having a fight and then the next scene is just having sex i don't know it's just like oh, the yeah the scenes are so like whiplash i don't know it's like yeah disjointed and but, that i mean that's that's what happens in this plot a lot is you know they they kill a but couple i mean of that's people. any like cinemax type movie i don't know it's just like yeah, plot Whatever. is completely secondary. There is no plot, really. Yeah, they, they they have a little chase. They're usually blowing up the people. Like, they, they do a whole bunch of, like, gunshots. But then at some point, they have rockets available to them in some form or fashion at the end. And they're able to blow them up. Like, uh, the very first one in, in Hawaii, they're getting chased by a helicopter. Nicole and, and Donna are in a jeep shooting back. At some point, they abandon the Jeep. A Jeep, like, gets, or the car gets, you know, dismantled or something, and they have to yeah. abandon it, or they just decide to hide behind a rock. But when they're hiding behind the rock, here's another little plot point that we didn't mention. When they, <laughs> when Kane and whatever was confronting them, they hurt Nicole's ankle. Oh, yeah. So she has a little cane for this scene only after after this is done her ankle's fine forget about it it never happened um but in her cane there is a rocket launcher and yeah. so she pulls it out gets a little tiny mini rocket that she has now remembered that she has and uh blows up the helicopter this movie oh, happens and then very it's very just, fast yeah it's always like women changing in the car and then the guys are just like yeah, just them like yeah literally leering at them and then in multiple occasions the the one woman <laughs> i guess this, we're going ava back in time yeah ava yeah, at the uh at the plane show yeah like her entire putting on the clothes scene was so yeah. long and then the yeah. guy next to her is just staring yeah that that's skip he's yeah, yeah he's just watching it all happen Honestly, I thought the the model plane stuff was pretty interesting. 
the, like the scale it, it's like a, a scaled versions of actual planes that are rc controlled and they have quite a few shots of them being operated with you know various different rolls and flips and tricks and stuff i don't know that that part was actually kind of impressive to me <laughs> it wants to look beyond just gratuitous nudity but if you want the close-up nip shots and, and butts getting into leather pants that's there too yeah you, know, you got two in one there but for some reason they are there to get this rc helicopter from this guy named norm i why i don't really know nothing's explained don't worry about it it's fine um, but then Ava and Skip chase them in cars, and then they shoot back. But Rico and Bruce have been recruited by Lucas at this point, and they're in a dude buggy, and they protect them with, guess what, a rocket hitting a gas tank. And so uh, they're they're dead now. So, yeah. And then, like, instantly, instantly, you hear sirens, even though they're in the middle of the desert. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what i don't know that cracked me up is you know here's this car that just blows up in the middle of nowhere and you hear a whole bunch of sirens and don and nicole are like we gotta get out of here and so then they book it yeah to louisiana and then yeah. the majority of the movie is just in louisiana because uh, yeah, they go to dallas after that though to, yeah, the hideout at that guy's place. I don't know. It's such a weird thing. And each one has like its own little quirk of, of how things go down. Like, again, they had the poisoning in Los Angeles or <laughs> in um, Louisiana. Almost at Las Vegas. Yeah, Louisiana. And, you know, they just run. So it's just like them chasing them. And then Donna and Nicole are in like a plane. They get like a commuter plane from somewhere. And, they and then they have a, a grenade bomb. that they use to blow up the boat, which doesn't but, kill the two guys. No, which... But it allows the other four who are now there with them to go... Or is it six? I don't know. Four, four or six at this point. Um, because you have Lucas and Edie, you have Bruce and, and Rico, Atlanta. and you have Atlanta and Shane. Shane. I don't know if all six of them are there already. But yes, yes, they are because they yeah, come that's... by boat as backup. Yeah. And there's like banjo. They music. arrived a little bit later because I think. Yeah, Edie... after the eating. Yeah. They come by boat. There's so much bad music along the way, too. Like there's banjo music that. Accompanies yeah, it's very. Like scenes. It's meant to be humorous, I guess. I think, probably. Yes, it's very Beverly Hillbillies, I don't know, type music. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think that was the only kind of hokey type music that was going on at that time, besides the Down in the Bayou song. Yeah. But... I mean, there are other scenes where the music doesn't quite match what's going on, but this is, like, the most obvious. Right. Again, this, was, is, it's this, just like, this is the comedic location. Yeah, it's, like, stock music. It's just, like, let's find yeah. some sort of down in the south type music. Anyway, so, I don't the, know. the they... explosion allows the explosion allows those other people to go and find the two assassins, right. and then they just get arrested. Yeah, but then you see that game, and it shows sledge and whatever i don't know 
that yeah, it just shows time, their name. Yeah, someone dies, the next one moves up the yeah, list. Yeah, they move up. You know who's next. So it, it's uh, Spencer and Dudley's turn. They're at the pier at the hideout in Dallas, I think it is. Yeah, because that's um, when they are now just at that. All the women were chilling out at the hot tub. Yes, just just hanging out. And then here yeah. comes Spencer and Dudley on motorbikes, loud-ass motorbikes, onto a pier. And no one fucking hears them, including Rico, who is, like, standing he watch. Even, and he's even to looking look at and them. them. Yeah. But he They're... doesn't do anything until they've... Until literally they literally shoot guns someone and have taken the shot yeah but he's looking right at them yeah. they're like 20 feet away but, but that just sets up another chase where you know now you're on bikes instead um the chases just go on too long and they're just not interesting yeah and, i mean the, the only like and then you see like rico he's juggling balls <laughs> i'm like yeah that's so stupid like okay <laughs> i mean i understand that <laughs> payoff of it but like yeah, yeah, yeah. in a logical sense so the, the guys wipe out on their bikes and then one of them gets shot by bruce and then the other one has their gun shooting at rico but rico's throwing baseballs at him he has like four different baseballs that he's throwing at the bad guy right and then the guy's one like of them, making fun like of the, him the, yeah the, the guy's making fun of him and Three of them are real, and then the fourth one happens to also be a bomb. So, like, mm -hmm. this was his plan all along, is to, you know, just find this guy, uh, catch up to him, and then throw baseballs instead of trying to shoot back. And then the, the, the bad guy uses his gun as a bat to get the last ball, and which then obviously explodes. Blown them. up, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a good payoff. Right. But it's such a stupid, stupid reach to get there. Anyway. And then I think that's when, like, and then Kane calls Lucas. Like, he knows that Lucas is at his house. Yeah, and, okay, here... And then he offers that final challenge, like, this... The well, final you, you challenge. You saw Hot Dog and Sledge, and then you yeah. have Lou and Jen. So Hot Dog and Sledge are also in, in Dallas, and they come through with the jet skis. And what they do is they don't actually chase Don and Nicole. They're chasing Edie, Edie and all the other ones who are going to go get weapons because Edie was given the watch to synchronize time, and so they're tracked by the signal. And so, yeah, they're, they're, they're shooting. And then at, they find um, out that they are being tracked because Edie is using the microwave and then that's like causing the microchip to get hot and it like burns her. Yeah. The the watch burns her and then she like takes it yeah. off and that's when they see this big giant like microchip. And it's, that's it's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then that's when like Kane calls like they they leave the watch for I Lou thought they and Chen would destroy to find it. Because and that would be no. the end of the game. No, no, no. They have to use it to, to, yeah. to trap the last of the bad guys. But first, before we get into that, because that's a weird sequence that doesn't make any sense. What the hell is Kane's plan? Like, like why does he really want them dead? Like, what is he going to do? All he says in the entire movie is that his plan is to manipulate the stock market to make money. So what do... 
What does that have to do with these two ladies dying? Like, yeah, why, why do, why do they matter in that? You know, if you're doing that right, if you're, if you're manipulating the stock market correctly, no one's going to know to come after you in the first place. (laughs) So, uh, what is this? Like, what is, who, who, who is, who is this guy? Why? I don't know. (laughs) It's almost as if, you know, the, the movie was written with, a, you know, any bad guy, generic person in mind. And then Pat Morita happens to say yes. And then maybe they changed a couple lines to, you know, but, talk about shiatsu massage and shit like that. Right. And, well, yeah, so Kane calls Lucas and offers a final challenge. But it has to be between Donna and Nicole, between these two guys, these two ninjas. One-on-one, yeah. hand-to-hand hand hand to combat. Hand. And it's like in the Chen middle of the woods the where uh, Lucas lives. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to change clothes again, which means right. more undressing first. Yeah, everyone watches. Uh, but, uh, and then, yeah, Rico and Donna are, you know, that's when they... That's the swimming they, pool. They fondle the pool. Um, and then, yeah, you go into the, the the woods where it's really just another chase scene. Right. It's not really much fighting. It's just chasing. Until... No, like they're ambushed in the woods. Like they drop from trees, but then they're able to get away. So they're just running after each other. Yeah. And then that's... somehow they get away. And at some point, for some reason, somehow, Nicole had a bat planted against a very specific tree that she was able to get to and use against one of the guys uh, I think yeah. it was yeah chen maybe i don't know it doesn't matter yeah there's lu um, and chen and, and then they and then she says you, i'm you, batman you hear them talking <laughs> in the sh- you, you hear them talking in the shed right and lu and chen go into the shed they notice that the watch is there because that's you know the tracking device to confirm that they are there they see the watch as well as like recording devices and just dummies, you know, like dummies right. they had set up in the shed and then at a time, whispering um, uh, in a like a recording of them whispering. Uh, yeah, saying like, "Oh, I hope we lost them. Can you believe this? Whatever." Uh, and then that's when the model RC helicopter comes in because that is also armed with, and it blows up the shed. Right. They win the game. Yeah, uh, Estevez is controlling this remote-controlled helicopter. And so, yeah, like they each, so they the, so it's hand to hand. So Donna and Nicole, yeah. they were like, "I take this missile," and then Nicole like, goes, this, well, is, this, "This is my hand, hand flipping the switch." Yeah, my hand this is my hand switch. in this whatever game, and that just yeah. like, and then Kane just sees his computer losing the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so he's upset and then at some point like you know the next conversation is like silk is being turned into an agent working for them all and against kane and so she like puts a tracker on him while still pretending to be his girlfriend or whatever right on a necklace. So i guess that, that's up a future movie where silk is one of the good people and that's so yeah, Kane yeah. is not dead no. in this. He is basically like He's set just free, but now they can track defeated. him. Defeated. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's it. And then they play. Yeah, I mean that's. <clears throat> then they play uh, down yeah. in the bayou during the credits. Yeah. Uh, it's how long is this movie? It's not very long. It's like ninety-seven it's an hour and a half an or so. Hour and a half. So I mean, you know, short and sweet. You could have cut like a good like five ten minutes out of the chase scenes and had just as much of an impact, if not maybe more. Because they they really did drag for me. That's that's what bored me the most is like watching these vehicles yeah. just go into just these chasing. random things while people constantly miss gunfire over and over again. Like obviously all of the assassins are completely inept because they're shooting from so far away and they don't have like an actual these plan are of attack. These supposed to be the best of the best of yeah. their lethal team. Yeah, but none of them are good. So whatever. I mean, it was it was a fun time, but it's not of the two that I've seen. This was yeah, I, I like hard ticket to Hawaii more. Mainly yeah. because of the snake. I, yeah, I mean this the snake scene was wild. Um, <laughs> I, I I mean there, I've heard of some of the other ones, but I don't know much about them as to like which ones are supposed to be the best. So if anyone wants to comment as to what other ones are worth watching, then you know, let us know. I like the the one that preceded this guns. I pretty much have heard nothing about that one at all. So. I don't think that one's supposed to be very good. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, Savage Beach and Picasso Trigger, Malibu, like, probably some of the more earlier ones are going to be better. stronger. In terms of awards, there's nothing. Box office, there's nothing. We can go over some of the cast and crew. Andy Sedaris is the director and writer and also the restaurant owner in this. Emmy Award winner for the 1969 Olympic Summer Games production. So he started his career as a sports director. He worked on world, wide world of sports, NFL, Monday Night Football, and things like that. And he also then transitioned to directing TV shows, episodes of like Kojak. Um, and then he also did other movies outside of the series, a Racing Scene, Stacy, and Seven. Uh, and then in 1985, he just started to write and direct this series of movies and that's all he did throughout his entire career until 1998 with the last one which is lethal ladies return to savage beach um but yeah there's there's a whole bunch of movies in this series i think it's like 12 or 13 of them total uh pat marita as kane oscar and golden globe nominated for the karate kid golden globe and emmy nominated for amos sorry hold on a second did I write that? Yes, I did. Sorry. Golden Globe and Emmy nominated for Amos. Razzie nominated for Karate Kid Part 3. Huh. Uh, he's been working for a long time doing uh, TV guest spots since the late 60s and all through the 70s. He had multiple episode runs on Sanford and Son. Uh, he was the original Al on Happy Days. Uh, he had a TV show called O'Hara in 1987 where he played a detective. Um, he was in the movie Collision Course with Jay Leno, uh, Time Master, which we have seen, Bloodsport 2, he had a voice in Mulan, uh, The Mystery Files, the Shelby Wu Nickelodeon series. And then in 1991, he was in Strawberry Road, Lena's Holiday, Goodbye Paradise, and then also episodes of The Monsters Today and Harry and the Hendersons. I don't think we've talked about The Monsters Today as a 
show for 1991, but... No. Eric Estrada, we've talked about before when we watched Earth Angel in 1991. He's also in Gang Justice and The Last Riders. Uh, Most of these people in these movies have basically just been in Andy Sedaris movies. (laughs) So um, I'm going to try to outline other projects that they've been in besides uh bruce christian for instance uh was played by bruce penhall you'll also notice a recurring theme where most of the people's character name is their actual name um bruce paired up with eric estrada on chips in later series he so but he was also in body count he was in enemy gold and dallas connection which are again andy stairs movies um actually dallas connection was done by christian drew sedaris uh, Donna Spears, Donna Hamilton, was in all of these, basically. Uh, also, Click, The Calendar Girl Killer, Dragnet, Married with Children episodes, Knight Rider and Silk Stockings. Roberta Vasquez was in Easy Wheels. Oh, she played Nicole. Was in Easy Wheels, Street Asylum, The Rookie, Final Judgment, Out for Blood. You'll also notice that if you look at their credits, virtually all of the women are Playboy models at some point in their career. Uh, Cynthia Brimhall was Edie Stark. She was in a 1991 show called PSI Love You. Okay. PSI, all initials. Yeah. And then love is spelled L-U-V and then the letter U. Um, that's a TV show with Connie Selica and Greg Evigan that I don't think we've ever talked about and I don't recall ever hearing anything about, but yeah. She, she's in that um and then also she was in the new price is right which yeah. was specifically mentioned as a thing that was different than the regular price is right um again most of her other credits are sedaris movies but william bummiller as lucas probably had the most prolific career aside from like let's say eric Estrada and pat marita uh he was in guiding light he was in last resort fatherhood yup yup man I don't know what that is, but he plays the yup yup man, so it must be good. Um, and in 1991, he's in Fire, Trapped on the 37th Floor, Inside Out, Little Secrets, and The Heroes of Desert Storm. We got the guy who played Hebert, Hebert, Heber. Heber, yeah. Heber, there you go. That's the better one. Uh, Richard Cansino. He is a very popular, well, popular, I don't know, uh, prolific voice actor who's did a lot of anime work so he did uh lupin the third he's been in mobile suit gundam power rangers ruroni kenshin and naruto uh, so he's been going for a long time uh doing the the voice acting for anime projects this is a surprisingly deep cast <laughs> i don't know um you got pandora peaks who is credited as stephanie schick as atlanta lee uh this was like her first feature film um, she was in striptease and then she was also had a 2002 documentary made about her by Russ Meyer as like one of Russ Meyer's final projects. So I don't know. Some people know the name. I've heard the name before. I think I even have seen, you know, the, the box of the documentary, but that's about it. Ava Cadell played Ava, the one who undressed in the, the rv she's mostly a sexual empowerment speaker 
uh, but she did do some acting in the mid-70s through now, uh, Hound of the Baskervilles, Spaced Out, History of the World Part 1, The Jerk 2, and then also in 1991, she's in The Master Demon. Two more to talk about. We got Skip Ward, played Skip, Ava's partner, the older kind of yeah. lecherous-looking guy. Uh, he produced The Dukes of Hazard and also the, the alien show V. Uh, he also produced some Playboy videos. Um, he was also in some other Andy Sedaris movies like Hard Hunted and Fit to Kill, which came after this, even though he dies in this movie. He's called Skip in those as well. Uh, but he's been in episodes of Batman, Beverly Hillbillies, and also Myra Breckenridge, so he had an acting career on top of producing. And then lastly, we got James Liu, who's an Emmy Award winner for coordinating the stunts on the TV show Luke Cage. Uh, he has a very, very long list of credits way too many to go through uh but in 1991 he we will see him in night of the warrior the perfect weapon martial law 2 undercover showdown a little tokyo and also he's in three episodes of santa barbara so whew, a lot more people to talk about than i expected to in a movie like this all right so we can move on to true crime and pop culture Okay, so this movie was released on June 28, 1991, which was a Friday, and it was the same release date as Naked Gun 2 and a half. Similar vibes, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. Both wacky. Yeah, both wacky secret agent, you know. One has bag, more think. boobs than the other. Yeah, one has more clay, one has... Oops. All right, but on TV, I found, so, like, I was trying to, like, do a theme, but on TV, uh, I found a video on YouTube where it was an episode of Love Connection that aired on this day, but it may or may not be the correct date. But according to the person that uploaded it, it just says Love Connection and then June 28th, 1991. But I'm still just going to talk about this episode because, like, Love Connection was, like, such a weird show. Because you don't yeah, really... did you watch it back then? I watched it because the woman that would babysit me as a kid watched it and I just watched it with her but you don't really never... win anything unless you pick the person but you just get another date yeah if the audience picks the person that you chose then you get a second you date get a second date and it's like on them for the show yeah i you know what you know why i never really watch it too much is because it requires you to watch it pretty much every single day to know what's going on because it's bookended by yeah you know, here's the last episode and here's how their date went and then you have like a full segment of a person picking somebody and talking about their date and then you have a third segment where you have the the person picking who they want for the next episode so the, you know like it's there's no, a lot of the like, audience picks for them the yeah like the, the third, audience picks for the third them. segment sometimes yeah um well in, in this case they did yeah i don't think that's always how it is I think yeah this guy's like yeah i'll pick whoever you guys want right like that's fine but um 
Okay, I'll just get into love connection, then we can talk about this episode. So this is just a dating game show that started in 1983 and ended in 1994, but it had two revivals. The first one was from 1998 and it only lasted one season and the second revival was 2017 and that was two seasons but the original um love connection is hosted by chuck woolery the the first revival was hosted by pat bullard He's a comedian, but I looked him up and I don't even recognize him at all. I don't know if you know who Pat Bullard is. It doesn't sound familiar to me, no. But he did the 1998 one. And then the second uh, series was hosted by Andy Cohen, which I thought was funny. So the we, we sort of talked about the game mechanics. It's just uh, the premise is, you know, these dates. It's kind of like video dating that we saw in Mannequin 2 or whatever. But like, yeah, it's similar it's like to that. It's dating and then like a mix of like what became Blind Date later. Yeah. It's so, you don't get to follow them around in the camera. You just have to hear their take. You just hear what they did. And then, so it's, you know, a person comes on and then they have three contestants that, you know, this is so-and-so and and here's their age, what they do, if they're, if they were divorced or were never married, whatever. And then like a little tidbit about what they like or don't like. And they're backstage, these like men or women like the prospective dates but um the guest appears on the show they have to choose one of the videotaped contestants and then after that they kind of just go into commercial and that's when chuck woolery is like okay it's in a live studio audience and then the stu- the audience chooses four the person that's like sitting on the couch with Chuck. When he they come back from commercial, the person is like, okay, I choose so-and-so. And then they talk about the date that they went on. And then they show what the audience picked. And if the audience picked the person that he went on the date on, then they have the option to go on a second date and it's on the show but if it's a different per if an, a different person is picked like the audience picks a different person that this person went on a date on that person has the opportunity to pick the person that the audience picks yeah, if, if they want the free date, they could pick the person. Yeah, they the can. Picks they can pick different. the person that the audience picks. It, if they're which sometimes will happen you, because sometimes the first date doesn't go as well as they yeah. Pick. If they're so like, yeah, sure, I'll try another. Yeah, I'll I'll, another I'll pick this person because the audience picked him for me, which I never understood yeah. like why the audience picks, but whatever. I don't know either because like Cause there's it's not, not like enough a game. This isn't really a things. game show. I don't know. 
No, it's phrased as one. Yeah. Or, or phrase isn't the right word. It's um, framed as one. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's the, the video snippets of the, the, the perspective opposite sex people, introducing yeah. themselves is just so brief. You don't get any good insight into their personality at all. Right. It's just so like, nothing, nothing I like. To, to judge them on. Right. It's like all looks based. It's, you know, and they're very like generic. It's like, I like long walks on the beach type shit, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. One's like, oh, well, you know, if someone's completely bald, then I don't think I like that. But if this is bald on top and they have hair on the sides, then I'm, I'm fine with that. Right. That's the whole clip. Right. Okay. It's... And then the audience but they don't ask will... the other two people about bald preferences. They ask them about different things, and so it's really. And what you if know, the like person that's on there's no comparison? The sitting on the show is bald, you know. Right, and, the... and yeah, the person who was being judged or you know picking wasn't even bald in the first place. <laughs> like it didn't have any. Right. On I was like, why so... choose these snippets? But and then I was like, how did they choose these three people? I guess it's yeah. based on. Uh, the it's person, like yeah, like the person who's on the show, like on the couch, I guess it's based yeah. off of maybe their preferences, but I mean, okay. So the episode that we watched, it was three different segments. The first one was this guy, he's a 21 year old named Steven and he kind of looked like Bon Jovi and okay. The three ladies that were shown to him they were all 21 but one of them looked like honestly what my mom looks like now i mean that, that kind of carries <laughs> over to all of the segments too it's because just... it's different different age brackets for everyone looks so much older like the last guy was 43 or something right yeah and he literally looked like what the golden bachelor looks like now <laughs> I mean, we, we've had this We've had this I know we've had this before. conversation. Just, people just always looked older. Like people, back just, then. yeah. He, but so the first guy, Stephen, he picks this girl, Amy, and her little snippet was like, "I like to be serenaded by a campfire or some shit like that." And he picks her, and I mean, I think this segment made me laugh because she just kept on kept on cutting him off, because he's trying to. He's um, trying to save face, but he like fucked up. Yeah, he fucked up big time. And, <laughs> and so like she, she's trying to say how it is, and, and he's trying to like gloss over. Yeah, he's details. glossing it over. Like he's trying to say, yeah, we had a good time, and she's like, wait, wait, wait. and she's like cutting him off, but the audience is like being kind of mean, like ooh, like she's being mean. Yeah, they're booing her a lot. They were. And uh, the comments of the YouTube video are like this, this fucking lady basically too like all the comments i don't know yeah they were the yeah i read some of the comments they're they all like he's too. cute like why? like why don't you i'm like it doesn't he fucked up whatever like he's a, I, I don't know but anyway whatever. it it starts off where like his car breaks down on the way to like get her that's what he claims. yeah that's what he said like the radiator or something and then he calls her from from a payphone, I'm assuming, from, like, a gas station to tell her what happened. And she's like, okay, I'll just come and get you. And 
she gets him and then she's like, okay, what's the plan? And he doesn't have a plan. And yeah. I mean, and he could have easily like talked it up to like, oh, well, since like, we got an hour later start the reservation at the place we went to, it wasn't going to happen anymore, blah, blah, blah. Like he could have said stuff like that. And he doesn't even. Yeah, he doesn't. He, and she and the woman, like her name is Amy. She's she's just like, I like an assertive guy who like, you know, comes up with a plan like, hey, we're going to go here and we're going to do this. And whatever, like, chooses everything. Not her, like, showing up, being like, what's going on? And the guy's like, I don't know. But that's pretty much how he was like. So she was like, okay, since I'm driving, let's just go to the movies. <laughs> and yeah. they, they go and see another 48 hours, which I get, we found out. Which is why we're not sure if this is 91 or not. It could have been a repeat I don't know. It could have yeah, been. Either another 48 hours was in the movie theaters for an entire year, which is, you know, it's it's happened before, especially like with the budget. Right. We don't know. Theaters, That's they what... show things super late, which they, that doesn't exist anymore, but it did back then for sure. Um, some of the commercials also had 1991 copyright dates, so... That's I don't why, know. Your guess yeah. is as good as ours. But some of the commercials, yeah, it that's why I liked this episode because it included commercials and a lot of them were like local to where this was being taped, which was in Utah. And they were really well produced local commercials. Yeah. The, the quality was high on most of them. The P the Peter Piper pizza place. And then there's Rennie's local fast food for char burgers. I mean, that looked good. And then there's yeah. a rate, the raging waters one was funny yeah and they're, they're um, good local commercials yeah i liked all the local commercials for utah like even even that first lawyer one the second one not so much with the motorcycle but the first yeah. lawyer had like the rotoscoping animation on the logo and stuff i don't know yeah it, it was interesting stuff you should check out the video for the yeah, for we'll the commercials on the website because the commercials are worth it i don't know the second and, uh, yeah Oh, I was just going to say, like, the, even the non-local one that caught my eye was the the mayonnaise commercial. Oh, the Heinz. I saw, like, there's Jell-O and Heinz. But the the, the low-fat um, okay. or the no-fat mayo, because the person, the, the you know, the, the deli, whatever, the restaurant worker behind the counter yeah. with the high voice, she's been in a couple 1991 movies already. She was in Fried Green Tomatoes. Um, and I forget what other one she was in, uh, but that's the voice of Patty Mayonnaise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was weird to hear the voice of Patty Mayonnaise hawking mayonnaise in, Funny. in a commercial. Yeah. See, so, yeah, that's very 1991 because wasn't Doug around that time? Yeah, but I don't think they did that because because of that. Of that? I think it's just a coincidence. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. But um. Okay, the second segment is this 36-year-old guy named Dan. He's divorced. And basically, the woman he meets, her little segment was that, I like kisses, but I don't like tongue kisses. I like mouth kisses. And they have to be soft, not mushy. That is her little blurb. <laughs> so he picks her. <laughs> 
Yeah, they go, they're like into each other. They go on a dinner cruise and then she invites them over to her place. They, they're both divorced and have children. So, but she invites them over to his place and she says something like, I'm going to slip into something comfortable. And the audience goes, (laughs) but she's just like, I put on a t-shirt and shorts and everyone's like, oh, (laughs) but, um, yeah, and then she's like, the night ended with kisses, and then they both agree to go on a second date, but the audience didn't yeah. pick her. She, uh, she, th- her only complaint was that she wanted him to be more aggressive as well. Like, right. You know, that she had to make the moves. He was being too, uh, gentlemanly. Yeah, well, basically. I mean, it depends on, Which is, you know, you know he was... Being... That, that's that sounds like the smart thing to do on right. the first date you know yeah exactly play it like slow. Being... <laughs> you know don't chivalrous yeah. right now mm-hmm. and but uh... yeah so yeah the audience picked someone else for him but he's like nah i'm good i'm gonna um, go see her again at my own yeah they... own and chuck is like would you want to go on the date with the person that the audience picked and he's like no i'm gonna go on a second date with brenda and then they do but they don't it's not on the show though because the audience you mean didn't... yeah by on the show you mean the show is not paying for yeah on the, as in yeah the second date is not going to be paid by the show because the audience didn't pick brenda for the second or for the date yeah, yeah. and it also will not be seen on the show which yeah. is the other meeting. yeah yeah and then the third nor segment. Would, nor would the other one have been. But yeah. yeah, yeah. The third segment. The third segment was weird. Yeah, is this 43-year-old man. He's also divorced. His name is Richard. And He's doing some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came to the show with stories. Right. And then the woman that he that i well the audience picks for him and then that's where the show ends and then you have to watch you know the next day to find out what happens but the woman that the audience picks um she's 42 and she's the one that's like i don't like smokers but I like men in suspenders and I'll do anything for a man in suspenders. And she's like, he can be a smoker, smoker. even if he's a, which I thought was so funny. (laughs) And then that's kind of like, man, like nobody wears suspenders anymore. Do they like no one? Uh, That went, that went away during the nineties. I don't, I mean, if I think Steve Urkel wore suspenders, I don't, that's true. Maybe he helped ruin that whole thing. Yeah, he probably ruined the suspended thing. But, yeah, that was the woman that they the audience <laughs> chose for him. Such a weird quirk. Which, uh, and then the other thing I was going to talk about, because I always, I forgot about this, was, like, Chuck, Chuck Woolery, he created the catchphrase, we'll be back in two and two, and he did that, the two. Yeah, like the forward he, he held up two fingers and then he'd like flip it to the other side which yeah is, to, which i used to do... in some countries but not in america right and i remember doing that i thought that was so cool for some reason <laughs> i you know I, I was just looking that up because i always thought that in two and two meant we'll be back in four minutes like two plus two 
No, it it but means. But it's supposed to be two minutes and two seconds. Yeah, that's the length of a, a standard commercial break. That included yeah, the fade out and fade in. Commercial break. I assumed it was four minutes. But that's like a really long commercial. Second. I thought it was. Four minutes is like standard now. I thought it was two and two, like two commercials in two minutes, because I'm dumb. Mm. <laughs> because I mean, it... hey, we we both got it wrong in different ways. I know. <laughs> But but they play more commercials. I just I thought it was always two minutes for some reason, because of this catchphrase. I, I don't think he said it. Did he say it when he hosted Scrabble? I don't remember if he did. I thought he did it like every time he hosted a show because I remember that was like his thing. Yeah, but you know, commercial breaks probably expanded, and he probably just still kept saying that same thing, even though it wasn't true anymore. But anyway, I don't know. I liked I like Scrabble. I never watched Love Connection. Yeah, Love Connections is kind of like, eh. I just yeah. watched it. It's kind because... of like the newlywed game. Like I, you know, maybe I would catch an episode here and there. But at I least never the newlywed cared. game is kind of funny because of the answers that the contestants come up with. It can be. And then how like I mean I like I'm telling better if we're looking at the same format, but that's because they had the toy run at the end. Right, but I think it's just and then like whenever they always say having sex, it's always like making whoopee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was, that's what was on, maybe, <laughs> on the day. Yeah, so it might have been. It uh, might have on been TV on TV. Salt Lake City. On this day, in yeah. That according to YouTube, it said it was. Yes. Yeah, so maybe they maybe they just got episodes a year late. So yeah, but no. if it wasn't for that another forty eight hours reference, we would never have questioned it, right? It's you know. Well, yeah, because I did see like a copyright thing, but who yeah, knows? At the end it does say nineteen ninety on the episode, but yeah, some of the copyrights of the commercials say nineteen ninety one. So it's. It could have been a rerun, mm -hmm. but yeah, whatever. It could have been a rerun, or they could have taped it like way in advance, and then they just like slow roll the episodes. Like maybe this was shot back in, in September when the movie was still out, but it didn't air until June of the following year because they had just filmed so many at a time. Right. Let's go on to rankings and ratings. Where on your one to five star scale are you going to put Do or Die? I'm going to give it a two. I was going to give it a one, but I mean, it made me laugh. So. Yeah, this is a tough a two. one for me. It's not, it's not like, it's bad. It's worse than. Yes. It's worse than hard to get to Hawaii for sure. But I, there's a lot of scenes that had me cracking up. So I find it more enjoyable than all the movies that I gave ones for the one yeah, I mean your reasoning is definitely sound I think what makes it very difficult for me on my zero to four star scale is that we have seen hard ticket to Hawaii and if this was my first introduction to Andy Sedaris I'd probably I'd enjoy bored. it more um because I wouldn't have had that other point of reference because like hard ticket has like the snake scene it's it's more outlandish it has the song that you know, like it has an it has an original song. This yeah, doesn't have is it an hard song. to get to Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, is it hard to get to Hawaii? Yeah, and the answer is no, it's not. When you have a hard ticket, yeah. um, 
the uh <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the uh i mean this I movie mean, has a good the, i like worse. the and so i'm trying to think of like what would i give hard ticket as a rating because i never did that but because this has to be lower than that so i think probably on my zero to four star scale i think i will give it a one with okay. the assumption that hard ticket is probably going to be like a one and a half because they're yeah they're none of them are going to be good movies like from a traditional sense but they're still entertaining sorry i cut you off you were gonna say oh something. i was just saying this movie also had you know down in the bayou so i mean they have good yeah original that's not songs. an original song oh it's not i don't think so is it I've, I could have sworn that was like a, an established. That song, what? Okay, I'll have to look it up. But I, I mean, it was sung by her, but I'm pretty sure like that's an actual. Because it's she sings song. it in French, and then it goes into Parts down in the bio. by Richard Lyons. Oh, maybe it is original. Well, shit, if that's original, then then well done. That's a good... That, okay, never the, mind. That's so a good original So both song. movies have good original songs. Yeah. I, I You know, it, it fooled me so much that I thought it was like an established song that she actually did. Uh, that, that she was just Are you going to make it a two or one and a no, half? I'm no, just it's kidding. still a one. I'm just I mean, kidding her. Yeah, okay, but it, it's still a one. I looked up what Lethal was... L-E. Oh, like, yeah. We didn't even say... like well, this, Leith... this one doesn't have that prefix, but other movies in the Sedaris Legacy do. So it's, uh, you know, L-E-T-H-A-L, lethal. And I went, because I had to know what it meant, and I was... <laughs> I went on Reddit, and the answer, according to someone, is the legion to ensure total harmony and law. Okay. You know, that old government agency. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's like. <laughs> I mean, I, I, true I believe or... it until I hear otherwise. So maybe they established that in the first movie or part Maybe. Last, yeah, that's why I was. I'm not going to watch six movies to find out what lethal means. Yeah, but... I, I was. I don't think you need to see other movies in order to appreciate this one because we certainly didn't, uh, since we didn't know that it was actually part of the same series. Um, but anyway, every movie is worth watching once. Would you watch this again? Um, no, I would watch Hard Ticket again and maybe one or two other movies just to know like if they're worse or better than this. I mean, I'm willing to give all of them in this series a shot uh, just to kind of like see how they are. This and... I, th I th like hard ticket i would watch again no problem that's fine this one i would only watch if it was like a midnight showing type of a setting where there's a crowd oh yeah and, and any of the sedaris movies i think would be great with the crowd um but i don't think i'd ever have any reason to watch it or desire to watch it again like you know in a private setting i want like a live uh version of down in the bayou like um sing along yeah and kind of like box and just performs it when it comes out yeah, kind of like what peaches christ does with her movies that she did for midnight mass 
where she will stop the movie and then do like a whatever. It, I've only seen a few of Peaches Christ's things and her um, teen witch is the best because when they would sing in teen witch, she would be on stage doing that scene. So I want something like that <laughs> to watch this movie again. That that would uh, that probably won't happen, but you know it, it it's good to know. Um, anyway, if you out there do want to watch Do or Die as of this recording in December twenty twenty three, it's available on Tubi, Full Moon, VHS, or DVD, not digital rental. As always, check your local listings. As for us, you can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at nineteen ninety one movie rewind. Com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube, just search 1991 Movie Rewind, or go to 1991MovieRewind.com for the fullest movies, long show notes, and more. You know the deal by now. Next week, we're watching Soap Dish. That's on Max, Showtime, Digital Rental, VHS, and DVD. We'll see you then. Thanks. <laughs>